The book of Matthew this morning. Matthew. And we this morning, this is more of a teaching message probably. Um, but we are going to look at a great example of a father from a stepfather. We are going to look at a stepfather in the Bible and look at some things in his life. And really, these things are obviously things that um, you would hope would be in any father, whether biological father, whether stepfather. But really, I believe a lot of what you see in Joseph's life, the stepfather of Jesus Christ, um, I believe God wants to see those in the life of every man, whether you're a father or not. Because in this case, Joseph was not, he was not the biological father of Jesus Christ. And when we study his life and when we look at his life, there are just really some amazing things about this guy if we just kind of stop and think about Joseph. He's not somebody that you know, we talk about a whole lot, but there's some really good things about him as we look in the Bible. And the first thing, we're not going to take time to read it, but whenever you read the book of Matthew, the very beginning, it starts the book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And it starts with Abraham, and it goes through the lineage, and it goes all the way to King David and Solomon and Rehoboam and anybody that was here on the Wednesdays when we went through the kings want to try to name them all. No, no we won't make anybody try to do that right now. We were able to name all of these. Um, I've, I've forgotten some of them. But um, it goes through the line of the kings. And then after it gets to verse 12, and after they were brought, forth, or brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Salathiel. Jeconias, he was the last of the kings in the line of Christ. There was, he had his brother Zedekiah that became king that uh, Nebuchadnezzar set up as king. He wasn't supposed to be king. Zedekiah ended up getting his eyes poked out. and uh, Interesting story there. But Jeconiah was the last rightful king. And then you have Salathiel and then Zerubbabel. Then you'll read about Zerubbabel quite a bit in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. He was a leader in Israel. Um, probably He would have been the king, but they were in captivity during that time. And so they didn't have a king. And Israel's never had a king. Um, again, since that time, and then it goes and it names all these people that we don't know about. They're kind of between the books of Malachi and Matthew. But then finally, it gets up to Joseph. And so when we look at this, we see that really Joseph was the rightful king of Israel during that time, which made Jesus as the legal heir, even though he was the physical son of God and just the stepson of Joseph. Jesus was the rightful king of Israel during that time. But if you remember, they were under uh, Roman captivity, so they didn't have um, a regular king. They had King Herod, but he wasn't supposed to be the king. And he was a very wicked individual. But he was the rightful king of Israel. So just kind of an interesting thing to think about. it. You know, Joseph, he could have been somebody that went around pouted all the time. I should be king. But you know what? He did what he was supposed to do. He went and paid his taxes like he was supposed to. If he was king, he wouldn't have had to worry about that. He could have let everybody pay him. But he did what he was supposed to do. Didn't let the fact that they were under captivity get him bitter and angry at God. And you know, there are many men today who have gotten out of the will of God because they're bitter and angry at God because maybe things didn't go the way they thought it should go. Maybe they came on hard times. Maybe they lost their job or uh, whatever difficulty came along and they no longer believe in God anymore. I talk to people all the time who want to tell you there's no God and then when they tell you that, well, why do you not think there's a God? Then they want to tell you how bad He is. It's like, well, if there's no God, how can He be that bad? And really what they're saying is if I was God, 
I would have done this and this and this and this for me. Like they know better than God. And as a, and many people are that way. And they don't want to have anything to do with God because they're just bitter at circumstances. And Joseph, I think, is somebody that could have been that way. Had a pretty good reason. Should have been the rightful king. But we don't see that at all in his life. Another thing we know about Joseph, this is just this is something just to think about. You know, the Bible doesn't mention this, but it's just kind of we can assume this. But think about this. Joseph had chosen Mary to be his wife before she became pregnant with Jesus, didn't he? Meaning, Joseph chose the same person for a wife that God chose to bear his son. Now think about that. That says a little bit for his taste in women, doesn't it? It says a little bit about the kind of character he had that the very woman he chose was the very woman that God chose. Out of all the women in Israel, God chose Mary and Joseph chose Mary. I think that's interesting because one of the reasons we do, we get bitter at God, is because we think he didn't do things the way we would have done them, but yet Joseph, even though he was in a bad situation, even though he's a poor man, he had to be a carpenter instead of a king, he had to pay taxes instead of having taxes paid to him, even though he was still like God, he didn't get bitter at that circumstance, and he chose this woman. And also, we see in the story, we'll go to verse 16, it says, And, Joseph, or, and Jacob beget Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus who is called Christ. Okay? So think about this. When we go down and we read the story, or go to verse 18. We'll skip to verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as His mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And so notice in this story that Joseph and Mary, they were espoused. And the word we use today, I guess, would be like an engagement. But during that time, if you were espoused to someone, you basically were married to that person. And he said, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. But during the espousal period that lasted for about a year, they didn't come together physically. And then after the year, they would come together as husband and wife. And they had not come together yet, and she was with child. But at the same time, they were married, even though it had not been consummated. And that's why he was going, when he found out she was pregnant, he originally planned on putting her away. Which, putting a wife away, the word we use is divorce. That was what he was going to do. And so, But notice how the angel of the Lord comes along and stops Joseph from doing it. And so, once again, we can conclude that God wanted Joseph and God chose Joseph to raise his son. Now, fathers, think about this. You know, my wife and I, we've discussed it before. You know, if I died, you know, and she remarried, who would I want raising my kids? And the truth is, I can't think of anybody. You know, I can't think of anybody that I would want raising my children, you know, because, you know, I've got my things that I'm strong on and I'm, I'm a, I feel like a unique individual. And there's things that I want to make sure my kids learn. And, you know, I just, I can't imagine any guy trying to take my place. And the truth is, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, if you, if you ever did get remarried, I'm coming back and I'm going to haunt you. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do something, whatever I can to, you know, to break it up if it's, if it's not a good guy. 
But, you know, I don't even want to have to pick somebody like that. But think about it. God wanted Joseph to raise his son. I think that says a little bit about what God thought about Joseph. That he wanted him to. Sends an angel to him in a dream to tell him, to, hey, go ahead and take Mary. What she, what she has was conceived of the Holy Ghost. So God chose him to raise his son. What a compliment that is to Joseph. We see he was a just man. It mentioned that he was a just man. And he didn't want to make her a public example. You know, the truth is, if he would have taken her and said, hey, my espoused wife that I have not come together with yet is with child, you know what he could have done? He, could, he wouldn't have had to get divorced. He could have brought her to the elders and then they would have stoned her. And he would have been free to marry another. But he didn't do that. He was, he was a caring man and he was just going to try to put her away, just privately divorce her, which would have made him look bad. But he was willing to do that. He had that kind of compassion, that kind of care for Mary that even though he thought she had been unfaithful and done the wrong thing, he did not want to see her killed. He didn't want to see her stoned. But yet we see his obedience when the angel of the Lord came and said, hey, I want you to raise this child that's not yours. We see that he did it. He was obedient. And then in verse 24, or verse 25, verse 25 it says, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. We see that Joseph went ahead and took Mary as his wife before the espousal period was over, which would have made him look bad. But he did, you know, as far as society and their culture, it would have made him look bad to do that. But he takes her anyway, and he keeps himself from her physically that whole time while they're living together as husband and wife. He did not in any time defile her, come to her. He, he was a man of self-control. And then, of course, after Jesus was born, after the days of purification all those things, then they came together as husband and wife. And Mary, after that, and I, you know, if you have Catholic in you, uh, I'm sorry, but unfortunately she didn't stay a virgin after that. She had at least six more kids. And we may look at some of those in a little bit. She had six other kids but, I mean, when you look at these things with Joseph, what an amazing man he was. What a great kind of person he was. And then, as we go and we look after the life of Christ, and this is what I want to focus on, look at Matthew chapter 2 and verse 12. Because right here, what we see in Joseph, unfortunately, is very, it's, it's not common with men anymore to be these things that Joseph was. It is not common. Back in the old days, it was this type of behavior would have been commonplace. It was just what men did. It was their role. They understood it. They did it no matter what. And unfortunately, as our society is just falling apart, as we have people today that don't even know what marriage is, that people that can't even figure out what gender they are, that I mean, as our society is just crumbling and unraveling and becoming more corrupt and more perverted, this type of behavior in men that used to be common is not being found anymore. It is not a natural thing, unfortunately. I mean, you have to, we have to work hard to teach this kind of thing. I mean, we've got to do, we have to do like manly promotions for men. We've got to get together and just eat manly food just to remind ourselves that we're men and we eat dead animals. And we just, you know, just because that kind of thing, I mean, is becoming so uncommon. I mean, half the stuff that we do around here. I mean, you know how offended people would get by it in like college campuses and stuff? 
I mean, if those guys get together now, they're going to have a big, you know, salad bar thing get together, you know, and it's like, you can't even bring this stuff up. You know, it's, I heard a thing on the radio the other day, they were talking about all the stuff you're not allowed to say on college campuses anymore because you're going to offend too many people. You know, you can't talk about things being manly. Well, because what if a woman likes to do it? You can't talk about things as being girly or feminine because what if a guy likes it? Or what if, you know, that, you know, women see that as putting them down, denigrating, and you're not allowed to specify any of those things. You know, we're not allowed to sell, say things like salesman anymore. You know, it's got to be salesperson or something. And you just, you know, and a lot of stuff, who cares? All right? I mean, just who cares? But uh, it, our, our culture is just falling apart. It's so sad. But Matthew chapter 2, verse 12, let's read here. And it says, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed in their own country another way. And you all know the story after the wise men came. And they, uh, Herod talked to them. They realized, hey, the king of the Jews has been born. Herod went and he killed uh, all the male children under two years old. But God warned Joseph. Joseph went and departed. They escaped into Egypt. Verse 13, And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared, appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there unto the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. And you might not have seen anything that looks too earth-shattering in here, but let me tell you something. Notice who God went to and who God talked to in this situation because the child, Jesus Christ, needed protecting, didn't he? And he didn't, talk to, he didn't tell this to Mary. He didn't appear to Mary. You know who he went to? He went to the protector of the home. He went to the man. He went to the leader. He went to the husband. And he told him, he said, I want you to go and take the young child and his mother and I want you to flee into Egypt. I want you to get away from Herod. Protect my child. And that's exactly what Joseph did. He went and he took them and they escaped. I mean, that would have been a tough journey back then. They didn't have cars and airplanes and things. And he takes them all the way to Egypt. He's in a strange land, in a strange country. And he did that to protect the family. And let me tell you, we need to get back to this mentality of men being protectors. And listen, not just protectors of our family. Joseph here, he was protecting his stepson. It wasn't his biological child, but yet he treated him as his own. And thank God for men out there who are stepfathers who have taken children that were not biologically theirs, but they treated them as their own. They raised them as their own. They provided for them as their own. Thank God for that. There was a time when if they were a part of their household, men saw themselves as, hey, I'm the one that's supposed to take care of them. Joseph didn't go to Mary and say, listen, I ain't paying the bills for your son. You go out and get another job so you can take care of him. He's not mine. He didn't do that. That was his wife. That was his family. And he took care of them. He protected them. When Joseph went to leave, he didn't do like the Muslims do today and say, all right, you know, Jesus, you go first. Mary, you go second. I'll hide out in the back. Like, you know, the terrorists, they like to use the women and children for body shields and things just to protect themselves. I mean, that is cowardly. That is insane. But you know what? That's not what Joseph did. Men used to be on the front lines of everything. Men used to be the ones who fought 
for our country, but now not enough men want to do it, and so women have to take their place. And guys are okay with that. And let me tell you something, that those roles were for the man being the protector, and that's exactly what Joseph did. And we've got to have that mentality. Okay, we heard just this week about the fellow that went into a church and started shooting people. And you know what? I'm conv- I hope that doesn't become a common thing, but you know what? If that ever does happen, I hope it's not the women going and tackling the guy. I hope it's the men. But you know what? These days, I wouldn't be real sure in a lot of places. I'm not saying that around here. But I'm telling you, some places I think guys would hide behind the women. You know why? Because women, they also are natural protectors. Okay, Even in the animal kingdom, you look at, you know, you go buy some baby geese and that mom, she'll fight you to the death. And you know what? And moms are the same way too. However, men should be the ones doing that. And you know, I joke sometimes. Well, a lot of times when we go home at night, I always, I always uh, take Allie and I was like, "All right, Allie, you go in first. All the lights are stuff. You go in first and check for burglars." She's just looking like, oh, I, ain't gonna, "I ain't gonna do that." You know, she has no business doing that. I, I do that just, you know, just joking. You know, it's the man that's supposed to do that. If I think somebody's broken to my house, I'm not gonna tell my wife, "Hey, go see who's out there." And I'm telling you, these days, I think a lot of guys would do that. And you know what? I think it would probably be better for the woman to go after the guy. She could probably do more damage than some of these guys. But it's not the way it should be. And it's not the way it originally was. And God, notice who God went to when when they needed protection. He went to Joseph. He went to the Father. And that's just the way it should be. And thank God for men who are protectors. Thank God for those who will. They will lay down their life for their family. They will fight to the death to protect their family. And we need to be that kind of man. But also, look over at Luke chapter 2 and verse 21. Luke chapter 2 and verse 21. Now, this is, this is interesting too. Because one of the biggest things for me as a father, thinking about someone else raising my children, there's all these things that are so important to me that I want to teach them. There are certain values that I have that I want to instill in my children. There are things I do not ever want in their lives, things that I you know, I just I want to make sure that they know. Okay, and it's very important to me. But let me tell you something. When it came to Jesus Christ, the way he was raised was so crucial and so important. And in verse twenty one Notice this, it says, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, this might not seem like a big deal, but there was a command in the Old Testament to circumcise the child on the eighth day, the male child on the eighth day. Say, so what's the big deal about him circumcising him on the eighth day? Why couldn't they have done it on the seventh day? If they had done it on the seventh day, or the ninth day, they would have violated the law of God. And notice Jesus Christ, during His 33 years on earth, He fulfilled the law of God. He kept every one of those Old Testament laws. He did all the offerings. He did, they did everything. And during that time when He's only eight days old, Jesus Himself can't make that stuff happen. He had to have parents that would do it. And... God knew when He picked Joseph that Joseph would raise him in the type of household where he would be able to fulfill the law of God. 
And you know what? It breaks my heart. There are some young people today, there's young kids out there that I've met, sometimes teenagers, that they want to serve God, they want to love God, they want to do right, but they live in homes where it is very, very difficult. They live in homes where there's all kind of wickedness that's going on. They Maybe they live in a home where there's drug use that goes on in that home. They live in a home, they want to have good minds, they want to have pure minds, but they live in a home where filth is being played on the television all the time. They live in a home where the rock music is blaring, where profanity is being uttered all over the place, and then poor children, they want to do right, but they grow up around all that filth and around all that corruption, and they come out of it sometimes very damaged. But notice, Jesus Christ never at any time in His life violated anything in the Scriptures in any way. And it's because He had some parents that took the law of God serious and they raised Him in an environment where He would be able to fulfill the law. The truth is, if Jesus would have been born in most of our houses, it wouldn't have worked out too good. And obviously God had a plan and He knew what was going on. He was going to make sure it would work. But understand, God did use, He does use people. And He could not have used just anybody. He could not have used any man. He could not have used any woman in this situation. He had to pick special people. And they were special. He helped make it possible for Jesus to fulfill the law. And I believe as fathers, we need to make sure that we give our children an environment where it will be easier for them to do right. It's hard to do right in this world that we live in. It's hard to keep your mind and your heart clean. But boy, one thing we can do, while we can't control what everybody in the world does, we can control what goes on in our own homes. We can control what goes across the television screen. We can control what comes out of our mouth. What we allow into the house. Who we allow into the house. Where we allow them to go. We can control those things. We can make a difference in those areas. And we need to try to raise our children or give them an environment where they can do right. And where they can love God, not get corrupted from the things of this world. And I'm telling you, some, some young people, their biggest obstacles they've got to overcome are their parents. A lot of times their parents too, they're good, what we would think are good church-going people. Boy, they're in church regularly. Boy, they look the part. They smile. They, do, you know, they, they seem great. But at home, they're completely different people. And the kids see that kind of hypocrisy. And you know, that's tough to swallow. They should still do right anyway, but it's going to be hard. It'd be a lot, it's a lot easier to do right in a place where you're getting support from your parents, in a place where it's being lived, in a place where, you can, where an example is being set for you. I've known young people, they were trying to, it's like they were trying to be the spiritual leaders in their family. They're the ones that got to talk their parents into going to church and not the other way around. They're the ones trying to get their parents to maybe have some standards in their lives instead of the parents telling the kids. And let me tell you something. Ultimately, I believe that that falls on the man. Obviously, the wife I mean, plays a huge role in that, but God did place the man as the authority in the home. And you know what, mom and dad, if you do disagree on some of those things, you better figure something out. You don't want to be sending mixed messages to your kids. It will make it very difficult. And God in His... Sovereignty. He knew about Joseph and about Mary that you know what, my son can be raised in their home, and he will be able to fulfill every law that I have given. 
And you know, that's interesting too because we like to make excuses for why it's so hard to do right. We like to make excuses for why it's so hard you know, to turn out good kids. We like to blame everybody else. We like to blame the world. We like to you know, blame everyone but ourselves. But yet, it was possible for them to have that kind of environment. And obviously, with Him being Christ, you know, He never sinned. But, at the, uh, and, you, know, you and I, we're going to sin. Our kids are going to sin. They're, they're sinners, unlike Jesus Christ. But, it is possible for us to create an environment that it is possible for them to do right across the board. If Joseph and Mary did it in their day, and, I, and it, what's an, an interesting study about the time that they lived in, it's a lot like the end times that we see in the Bible, like the last days. There was a one world government during that time. A global tax. I mean, there's many things. I don't remember all. I've got some notes on I thought about adding it in here. Um, but... There's a lot of similarities with the time that Christ was born in to the time that Christ is going to return in. And a lot of times, Christians, we like to make excuses because we're living in the last days for why it's so hard to do right. But you know what? Joseph and Mary did it in a time much like we are in today. Probably even worse. I think the time they were in is definitely worse than where we are in America today. But they did it. And I think that's amazing. We see that Joseph... He was a provider. We see in the Bible, you know, we know that he was a carpenter. We know he took care of that family. He provided for them. He was the, you know, he was the one that did that. You know, the Bible talks about those who do not provide for their own, especially for they of their own house. They have denied the faith and are worse than an infidel. I don't know if you listened to the radio program this morning, but I, I ranted about that for a while. Because let me tell you something, we got a lot of guys today, men, okay, that do not feel any obligation to provide for their family. They think that the basic necessities of life are just a right. That, that's our society today. That I have the right to food, I have the right to clothing and shelter, and I don't have to do anything for it. And let me tell you something, that is a terrible attitude. You don't, listen, you don't have the right to sit around and play video games all day and have all your bills paid for. But that's what a lot of men want. That's what that's what they expect. I mean, you see some of these people, those protesters out there. And let me tell you something. I'm, I don't think it's wrong to protest stuff. You know, to have marches for things as long as it's a good and right cause. But you know what? seems like 99% of the protesters out there and marches out there are for things that are just absolutely bonkers. And I just don't want to associate myself with that. And I, have, I have trouble with that. Man. You know, if it's a good cause, go ahead and go on a march or something. But let me tell you, most of those people, what they're demanding is just absolutely ridiculous. And they ought to be ashamed of themselves. And you know what? The man being the provider of the home has always been a common thing throughout history. It was, it was God that gave him that position, that authority. And we see Joseph did it. Joseph did it. He took care of his wife, he took care of his stepson. And I think it's safe to assume he took care of his other kids that came along. But also we see it referred to Jesus uh, where we know that Jesus was also a carpenter. So where do you think he learned that? Well, his stepfather, right? He was a carpenter. We see his father, his stepfather, taught him a trade. Do you know why there's all these guys that are out there today that just thinks the government owes them everything? With, and that they don't have to work, 
it's because they were never taught to work. I mean, do you really think in the public school they're going to teach these kids when they're basically teaching on economics and things that, you know what, you ought to go out and you need to work. And you need to work hard. And you need to learn to sweat. And guys especially, you need to learn to man up. And you know, you need to learn to overcome. And They're not going to do that stuff. They're not going to teach them that. They're definitely not going to teach them any distinguishing roles between the male and the female. They're definitely not going to... They're not doing it. That's up to the dads to do that. You're going to have to teach them how to work. Hey, this is how you provide for a house. One of these days, you're going to have to pay bills. I'm amazed at how many young people, they grow up, they go and they go out on their own, they get apartments, they get, you know, they sign up for cable, they sign up for a cell phone service, they sign up for all these things, and then they're just baffled when something happens and they get a bill in the mail. I'm supposed to pay for this? And then they don't. They don't pay for those things. They don't pay their rent. And then they're like, why is he throwing me out of my house? How can he do that? This is my house, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's his house. You're renting it. You owe him money. And it's like they have no concept of paying bills. And I'm, you know, I thank God that I was taught that. I remember when I first started getting bills, I mean, I took it serious. I remember we had Tommy nine months after we got married. And I remember I had insurance through Walmart at the time, but it didn't cover all of it. And I remember I got started getting my portion of the bills. Man, it was still a lot, even twenty percent. I'm like, you know, and you know what, man? We we started paying that off. I went to the hospital. I'm like, man, I, I I owe all this money, and they're like, hey, you know, you can make payments. Oh, okay, you know, and and we did. We started making payments, and boy, it's about right at the time we got Tommy paid off, Jason was born. And we started the process <laughs> all over again. And but you know what? You know what I learned later that I never knew that with hospital bills. As long as you pay them something every month, you can have them forever. Oh. But you know what? That didn't work with me. I thought you're supposed to pay that stuff off. You're not supposed to owe people money. That's what I thought. And I learned later, no, you don't necessarily have to do that. I remember I had a young guy come to me. You know, I was I was working a full time job. We were doing all right. I think we just had one or two kids at the time. Another guy about my age, he came and he was he came as a man and he's all excited telling me about some of these welfare programs that are out there. Man, you've got to get this. It's it's free money. And I I, I didn't even heard of that before. I was I always thought you're supposed to buy that stuff yourself, and you know it just it didn't sound right to me. And that's how ignorant I was to that stuff. I was like, that just doesn't sound right. I have a job. We're not starving to death. Why would I sign up for that? Man, you got two kids. You'll qualify. No, that's all right. <laughs> that I, I, it's just it's how I was raised, provider. And we've got to pass that on to our kids. There are just too many deadbeats out there that will not fulfill any of their responsibilities. I cannot believe all the people that I have worked with out there at Walmart that don't even realize you're supposed to show up for work every day. That just and let me tell you, at Walmart, it's hard to get fired for attendance. But people do all the time. You know, it's hard to get fired if you are a healthy individual. While my job's difficult, if you're healthy, it's hard not to make production. I've had days where I didn't need to, you know, pull real high. 
And I thought, you know what, I'm just going for the 100%. We get paid more if we do more, but there's some days I didn't need it. I was far enough ahead. And I tried to just pull 100%. And I felt like I was slacking off and goofing off and still was doing it. And yet there's other guys just as healthy as me getting fired because they can't pull 95%. How lazy are you? I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> and just no care, no character. Dads, you've got to instill that in your boys. The things that take character, you have to teach them. The schools aren't going to do it. Okay, my boys growing up, since they were little, I don't have to do it much anymore. But from the time they were little, if they did anything I thought was girly, I make them drop and give me twenty. And I, I know that might sound terrible. It's like I'm not raising girly boys. And I'd, I'd make them start doing push-ups right there. And, you know, I was like, you know, because if, if they're going to be girly, they need to know how to, they at least need to be strong because somebody's going to want to beat them up and they need to be able to defend themselves. And you know what? I think those push-ups help. They don't, they don't do a lot of that stuff. And it's, I've, I've got to instill that in them. Do you think that's going to happen in a public school day? I mean, what do you think it would happen in a public school today if some boy showed up and was like, you know what, I want to wear a dress today. Do you think the teacher's going to drop, make him drop and give him 50 push-ups? What do you think would happen to that teacher if he did that? Okay? And you know what? The truth is, that's not really their place. That's the place of the dad. He should be doing that. You want to wear a dress? All right, well, you go out and chop firewood in that dress. See how you like, see how that works out. See how you like that. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. And I'd probably get in trouble, but hey, there's worse things that can happen. <laughs> than just getting thrown in jail or something as far as I'm concerned. And that's my kids turned into a weirdo. And I'm going to instill these things in them. And Joseph did that with Christ. He taught him a trade. And you know, the Bible doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say what ever happened to Joseph. Truth is, it's very possible he died before Jesus even grew up because after Jesus was 12 and that story there, we never see Joseph mentioned again, yet we see Mary mentioned several times. He, he, may have, he may have died early. Uh, we don't know for sure. But one thing that we do know about Joseph and his relationship with Jesus Christ is he was everything a man should be, everything a father should be, without even being the biological father. That didn't matter. He was a man. And men do those fatherly things. They're providers. They're protectors. They're workers. They're teachers. They are all of those things. And Joseph, who had excuses, who may, you know, could have acted like the victim, did the right thing and made it possible for there to be a Messiah. And thank God for men like Joseph. And we need more men like him today. We need fathers like him. We need stepfathers like him. We just need men like Joseph that will fulfill their God-given role. And so with that, I want us to all stand together. Heads bowed, eyes closed.